you may notice that in the last maybe year, they've started coming out with more sustainable brands or like a green line or an eco-conscious line or like a recycling program or something like that. If you think that those hold merit, I am so sorry to inform you. But unfortunately, the sustainable lines, and I'm saying that in quotes, sustainable, do not hold much value. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Mind Buddy Planet podcast. It's me, of course, Chris. I'm back for another week. Glad you guys are here, too. It's a solo episode today. Planning on talking about fast fashion. Kind of the idea behind this was conscious consumerism in a fast fashion world. How can we kind of do it? What is fast fashion? And kind of thinking about that. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. But before we hop into the topic further into our deep dive, my faves of the week. Number one, I only have one. Keep it short because I think this episode might be a little bit detailed heavy for some people out there. This week's fave is Disneyland. It's honestly kind of the epitome of what our topic is for today. But I think it goes to show that there is nuance in everything. By the time you're listening to this, I will be knees deep in Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland before. And it's, you know, the most magical place in the world. But sometimes like, you know, I'm going with my family. It's going to be a really great time. It's going to be amazing. We're going with some little ones that freaking are obsessed with Disney princesses and all the characters. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But sometimes like when you're in the middle of, you know, this kind of like over, they profit off of your like overconsumption because you want to try all the food and you want to buy all the the Mickey Mouse ears and all the Disney related memorabilia. It's funny that that is my favorites for this week because I know I'm going to love it. But I also feel like it's important for me, you know, to talk about the nuance and everything that just because there are people who take advantage of these hyper-consumerism trends and products, it does not mean that you have to do that too. There are ways to enjoy these things and also be intentional with your space, your time, your money, and also your environmental impact. You can really have the best of both worlds, in my opinion. I don't think you have to fully like X something because some people take advantage of it. I don't think that's the case. I think that there is nuance in everything. Which kind of leads us into today's topic. We're, we're talking fast fashion. We're going to go, what is fast fashion? The history of fast fashion, modern day awareness around these types of brands and what we can do about it. And if some of these fast fashion brands that have sustainable lines, are they actually really valuable? Is that true what they're saying? And, you know, next steps, things that, that we can do to... Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. You can find articles and source material for this episode in the description. Feel free to check those out to learn more on this topic. I highly recommend it. I'm going to be linking quite a few articles down there for anybody who's interested in it. Let's start with what is fast fashion. I feel like this has become a more common phrase to use these days because there's a lot more awareness around fast fashion. But for those of us who don't know what fast fashion is, Fast fashion refers to the rapid production of high volumes of clothing by mass market retailers. We really use the term fast fashion as a way to describe the business model of these types of companies, which capitalize on quickly changing fashion trends. You'll find that fast fashion stores tend to offer affordable and cheap trend-based clothing that encourages us to continually buy more and more in order to keep up with the trend cycles. We're starting to see a lot of brands that we know and we love 
that weren't fast fashion previously turn to fast fashion business models because of things like social media that accelerates the trend cycle since we all have way more access than we ever have before to other parts of the world. We know what's popular in New York City. We know what's popular in Los Angeles and even London and Paris. It's incredible, but it also puts pressure on these clothing brands to keep up with what the internet is deeming as cool and hip to wear. While the convenience of fast fashion is definitely something we've grown to rely on, I would say, this business model has been criticized as of recently in the last couple of years for its environmental and social impacts, including excessive waste, like in, like insane amount of just textile waste, poor labor conditions, paying employees unlivable wages, and even just plain greenwashing by saying their clothes are somehow better for the environment than the store down the road, which we know at this point that's not exactly true, but we'll get into it. When we think about fast fashion, like this wasn't always a thing, right? So I want to kind of dive into the history of fast fashion, kind of how we got to what it is now in modern day. So the history of fast fashion can be traced back to the late 20th century. Prior to this, fashion was dictated by seasons and designers with new collections being introduced a couple of times a year. You'll still see this trend in high-end designers with events like New York Fashion Week, where they launch specific lines. It's very popular still in the high-end luxury designers. However, as globalization became a thing and as technology became more advanced, retailers began to mass produce clothing because it was just so much cheaper to do so overseas. So let's fast forward to the 60s and 70s. The concept of boutique fashion came into existence where designers started producing less expensive versions of their high-end clothing. So this is kind of where we start to see dupes for luxury items, when we started to see runway shows and what those outfits looked like, you started seeing pieces of those that the everyday person like me and you could wear. So that started happening in like the 60s and the 70s. It made fashion trends more accessible to the everyday person. The real shift to fast fashion as we know it today happened sometime between the 90s and the early 2000s with the rise of brands like Zara and H&M, which... If you've ever been in a mall, then you've seen Zara and you've seen an H&M. Very, very popular. Or if you even scroll on social media, I feel like those are very common brands that you see people purchase from. And if there is somebody out there recommending like, hey, these are the pants of the summer or whatever they're saying, it's most likely one of those brands. I feel like that's very, very common these days. These brands like Zara and H&M focused on replicating these high fashion trends at a fraction of the price. They introduced new collections every few weeks, dramatically increasing the speed of the fashion cycle even more than it had ever been before. And I personally remember when Zara became a household name and I started seeing it in every shopping mall. This was kind of before Instagram was even a thing. And they were really the first brand to introduce this new business model and people loved it. People loved that they could go into a store and buy something that they didn't see in that store just a few weeks prior. They could come more often and continue to shop. So, of course, when we fast forward and online shopping becomes very popular somewhere in the 2010s, that further accelerated the fast fashion industry as brands could now reach people like me and you directly through their websites and social media. 
this started creating like instant demand for new trends and the possibility to market directly. Recently, however, <laughs> there has been growing awareness of the environmental and social impact of fast fashion, leading to people asking questions and seeking out more sustainable alternatives. So that's kind of the backstory of fast fashion, how we got to where we are now. I think it's important to note the nuance that comes when talking about it. In many ways, fast fashion is able to bring affordable clothing to the everyday person. But on the other hand, the impact, both social and environmental, is something that can't be ignored either. Some of the most common fast fashion brands, as mentioned, Zara, H&M, Forever 21, Madewell, Free People, Target and Walmart, Fashion Nova, Boohoo, and even the notorious Shein, which has now been deemed into a, like a whole totally new category of its own as ultra fast fashion. And that is because Shein is said to have put, I think, over 2,000 new styles and products on their website every day. And since the price ranges can be anywhere from like $3 to $50, people will buy hundreds of dollars worth of clothing just because they can from Shein. There's so much more I could dive into on Shein specifically and just some of the crazy things that have been investigated when it comes to Shein and some of their crazy marketing things. But I feel like that could be a totally different episode. So if you're interested in that, let me know and I can do some deep diving on specifically Shein. I do feel like that is very interesting. But if I dive into that, it's going to be way too long of an episode. And when you look at fast fashion or, you know, these ultra fast fashion companies, you may notice that in the last maybe year, they've started coming out with more sustainable brands or like a green line or an eco-conscious line or like a recycling program or something like that. If you think that those hold merit, I am so sorry to inform you, but unfortunately, the sustainable lines, and I'm saying that in quotes, sustainable, do not hold much value. They're made with only a portion of recycled fabrics, which is often not any better than just shopping for clothes made of organic materials, such as cotton, silk, or linen are probably the most common natural organic materials. And as for recycling programs like H&M's is the one I'm thinking of right now, there was an investigation done by the Times that put trackers in several pieces of donated items to be recycled through the H&M program. And they found that those items ended up being shipped like 15,000 miles away and essentially thrown away, just disposed of. They weren't actually recycled. So as far as these fast fashion brands going green, it's all greenwashing. There's really nothing to back up what they're saying. And unfortunately, because greenwashing is allowed and there's not a lot of regulations when it comes to claiming to have a sustainable line or to, to be green or to be eco-friendly, then brands can kind of slap those words on without actually having much to back up. I just want to put this out there that 92 million tons of textile waste is created each year. And that comes from the United Nations Environment Program. That's a stat from them. That's their research. It's not one I just made up. Now, if you're listening to this, kind of freaking out because you have these brands in your closet. <laughs> Take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. You don't need to purge everything in your closet to get rid of these clothes. But it is important to have awareness of what these brands are doing behind the scenes that you wouldn't really know otherwise. The best thing we can do as a consumer is to stop supporting and purchasing from these brands. Pretty much cold turkey, just like stop doing it. 
However, I know that's not accessible and achievable for everyone. It's just not. Not everyone has the ability to shop these sustainable brands that can often be two to three times more expensive than fast fashion brands. What we can do is thrift if that is accessible to you and fits your lifestyle. I know thrifting can often be time-consuming because you have to look through certain clothing items and just the way things are positioned in a thrift store is very different than if you were to go into like a traditional store like in the mall. And if your budget doesn't fit with sustainable brands, you can always be intentional with what products and clothing items you're purchasing from with these other brands. You can look for pieces that will last you a long time. I like to stick with these natural materials like I mentioned earlier, cotton, linen, silk. In fact, I can often find cotton is a very popular one that I'm able to find. For example, like right now, I'm wearing an Old Navy flannel, which I know Old Navy is technically a fast fashion brand. But for me, my budget is not, I can't be spending $300 on a shirt every time I need something new. So instead, I went to Old Navy and what I did was I found this flannel. It's 100% cotton. I knew it was going to last me a long time. The fabric seemed okay. The stitching seemed like it was going to stick together. And now it's something that I take care of and I plan on wearing for many years to come because it is something I can rely on and it matches my own personal style. So those are things that we can kind of do that if your budget doesn't necessarily fit these more sustainable brands, then you can always just shop way more consciously with these fast fashion brands. But just being aware of what's happening and know, like if you see something with polyester, these fabrics like polyester and nylon and rayon are all essentially plastic that have been manipulated into thread and then into fabric. Like even if you have a hole in it and you throw it away, it's plastic sitting in a landfill versus if you had a cotton shirt, it got a hole in it, there was no way to fix it, patch it up, and you threw it away. At some point, that would compost because it's a natural material. comes from plants. And maybe that's another episode that would be really interesting to get into. It's just the different types of fabrics and what is important to look for when it comes to shopping for like clothing fabrics specifically. But again, I feel like that's a whole nother nuance I could go on a totally different tangent about. But as far as just being conscious with your consumption, you can do that with fast fashion as long as you are being intentional with the pieces you're buying and that they are pieces that you plan on wearing for a long time and you plan on taking care of. And for the love of everything holy, please resist the urge to impulse buy hundreds of dollars of fast fashion product only to return it, donate it, or have it rip because it's not great quality. It's not worth the longevity. But if you've already dropped hundreds of dollars anyways, then I encourage you to research brands with better values that your money would be going towards much better. A couple sustainable brands that I personally love and have shopped from are Allbirds. They do tennis shoes, and I think they even have like athleisure these days. I like Ten Tree. That is a great place. I love to buy my sweaters from Ten Tree. They plant trees when you buy sweaters. There's another brand called Four Days. That's a great website. You can go to fourdays.com. They they have their own like Four Days brand, but they also have a bunch of other brands on their website as well that are all ethically and sustainably made. And then the other one that I recommend is Girlfriend Collective. They do recycled water bottles and form them into athleisure wear. So much better than shopping something like Lululemon, which I hate to say it, but Lululemon is also a fast fashion brand now. A few friendly reminders, if this was like super information overload, that outfit repeating is sexy and just as cool. It's okay to outfit repeat. It's not normal to buy a new dress or an outfit every single new event you schedule. And it's important to develop your own personal style instead of falling into trend cycles. 
I think it's really interesting to deep dive into the history of fast fashion, how we got there, how we can kind of make it better. And if we can't necessarily shop these more expensive brands, then how can we shop more consciously when it comes to these fast fashion brands? So hopefully it's helpful. Again, there's a lot of source material and articles in the description. If you're interested in learning more, feel free to check those out. But other than that, let's move on to good climate news. Okay, good climate news. Today's article is titled, Researchers Discover Eco-Friendly Fungicide Alternative. Basically, in the farming world, there's a bunch of pesticides and sprays that farmers have to use in order to keep the crops alive and well. And there are quite a few things that farmers have to use that are considered hazardous materials or leach into the water. So this article is exciting because a material that could replace those current fungicides increase food security and help protect wildlife. So you can read that in the show notes for anybody interested. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today's episode. It was another deep dive episode. I've been doing a lot of these. It's just kind of the mood I've been in this year. So if you have any deep dives you'd be interested in listening to, let me know. Would love to do it. Could do a fabrics one. Could do a Shein one. Those are the two I think I mentioned in today's episode. And just a heads up because I'm excited. I want to tell you guys that Kate Asaraf from Dip is going to be back on the podcast. So get excited for that. We've got actually a few topics that we want to talk about. So I think she'll be on the podcast for a little series. Maybe we'll name it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, you guys can look forward to that one. And in the meantime, I will see you guys on social media. Follow me everywhere. You can follow the podcast at Mind Body Planet Podcast. You can follow me at Crystal and Geyer on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you really like this podcast, please rate it. Please leave a review. Please DM me your favorite thing about the podcast. I always love hearing from you guys. It's one of my favorite things. So on that note, I will see you guys next week. Bye.